Welcome to another edition of 68 Shining Moments presented by DraftKings Sportsbook. Today we talk to former Wisconsin stars Frank Kaminsky and Sam Decker about that crazy upset over Kentucky in the 2015 NCAA tournament. All right, now pleased to be joined by uh, two former Wisconsin Badgers, guys that uh, played in a couple Final Fours, Frank Kaminsky and Sam Decker. Uh, all right, guys, let, let's go right back to it. Let's go back to the, the Final Four game when you guys were favored against Kentucky and uh, all hell broke loose. And all I remember, honestly, from that game more than anything is that locker room post game. I mean, it was like a Morgan. I will never forget that locker room. Um, you guys, it was unlike any other. And, and maybe it's because you guys were favored. You thought you were going to win. Um, describe to me what, what that game was like for you against Kentucky. Uh, start with you, Frank, and just kind of what went wrong and how hard it was to, to take that one. Um, well, I think going into that, um, we were also excited just to be at the final four. I think in the beginning, um, we were really taking in like all the, the fanfare, like like this huge, like day festival. Like we were just taking in everything and we were having so much fun with it. Like that was our thing the whole time. I think we started to realize during that season that just having fun was our thing. And so when we got to the final four, we were just trying to keep that going. So we were having such a good time. I think when the reality set in that we had lost and it was over, I think that's when it kind of all came crashing down because we hadn't like tasted a real loss in a while up to that point. And it was, I mean, just everything was just at like a high that that loss kind of like hit you like a sack of bricks because you realized it was finally over. Like, like the, like the dream run, the magic we were on, we expected it to go all the way to the national championship game and it was just done. So it was weird being in that locker room afterwards too, because, you know, you have media in the locker room, you know, myself and Sam asking questions like, are you guys coming back? Like, what are you guys thinking? What's going on? And I'm sitting there like, I don't know. I was sitting there like, I'm coming back. Like, just leave, just like literally leave us alone. And, and that's what it was like for me. So, yeah, that's how I see it. I, I remember yeah. that. I remember uh, vividly. And I always say, like, I never ask guys right after a game like that, are you coming back? Right. But everybody was asking both of you, are you coming back? I remember, Sam, you, I don't know if you remember this, but you said you were coming back. And I called you like two hours later. And I was like, Listen, man, I know how it is. I know how it is at that point. You say some emotional things. Yeah. You know, like, let me know. Like, are you sure you're coming back? Like, let yeah. me know what, what you want me to put out there now that you've had a little bit of time to digest it. What what yeah. what was that like afterwards? I mean, again, Aaron Harrison hits that three and and like your world comes tumbling down. What was the emotion like of, of that in, in in the aftermath? Yeah, I, I think. I, I've hit on it before. Um, I remember a couple of people asking me, you know, what was the mood? What was, what was the feeling after that game? And my biggest like takeaway was like, I felt nothing. Like it was like this so much like nothingness. Like I, I, I was like, I almost like chuckled like on the court after I like wasn't sad. I wasn't happy. It wasn't except like, it was just like everything went like real silent and it was just like nothing. Cause like, that wasn't supposed to happen. You know, I think what Kentucky was an eight seed. Yeah. Uh, we were a two seed. We just beat Arizona, who I thought was the best team in the whole field. 
Um, so that was kind of like the big hurdle I thought we'd get over. And, you know, Kentucky was kind of unproven that whole season, right? Um, and, and to see the other side, UConn advance, I was thinking, if we get through this, you know, we're going to be national champions. And I think that's the thing so many Badger fans forget because the next season we kind of eclipsed some of that. But that was probably the easier chance for us to win a national title was going up against UConn in the national title. So that was all what was kind of going through my mind. And it just made me just like almost numb. And then I remember after the game, yeah, talking to you guys, I, I was really unhappy with the way I played down the stretch, you know, in March. Um, you know, I had a, I had a good season, but I, I went through some lulls and it was kind of that immaturity that I still kind of had, not in my game, but just, with my confidence and uh, down the stretch, I, w- I wasn't carrying us. Frank was carrying us and I just felt like I had a lot to prove. So that wasn't something that I was lying about. I, I knew I needed to come back and wanted to come back and, and prove myself in March. And, you know, thankfully I was able to do that, but um, something I took very seriously was showing up on that stage. And I, yeah, I had a good game in that Kentucky game, but other than that, um, you know, I feel, felt like there was moments I could have done more. And so that was, that was genuine, you know, a genuine feeling that I wanted to come back. Did you guys talk to each other at all after that game of like, Hey, yeah, you know, if you Frank come back, me. I come back. Like, did you, did you work on that together at all? Or was it an no. individual so deal? Frank, Frank called me. I remember maybe three or four days after the tournament. Um, and I was, I was at a buddy's house and me and Frank lived in the same building and he called me and he wanted me to, he's like, can you come over and just talk real quick? And I think he said he had talked to you that same day and was, was like, Hey man, you know, I'm going to make my final decision on everything. I want to keep you in the loop. Um, should I come back or this or that? And he's like, well, first of all, like, are you for sure staying and coming back? Everything good. And I was like, yeah, I think I haven't really talked or given any other thought, you know, I, I want to come back. Um, and I, everything I heard from Frank is that he wanted to come back. So I was a little like worried. I was like, well, you know, do what you want to do, but let's, you know, I'll, I'll talk to you about what you need. Da, da, da. And then that night he did announce that he was coming back. So um, I think I I've had a feeling he was leaning towards coming back and, you know, Frank, you know, really, you know, I don't want to speak for him, but he, he grasped that, you know, the college lifestyle and, 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 and proving himself. And I think he was on a, on that high of, you know, I can, I can show how much better I can, I can be, you know, he turned that into a national player of the year. So, um, you know, it was a great decision. And I, I think in that moment, I was like, yeah, I'm back for sure. I kind of felt like he was saying that as well. And, um, you know, that was, that was like the only time we really talked about it. I think, so to give it context, like, of course, you were the one that whispered in my ear. I remember sitting there in my locker with my, my head in my jersey and you just put like, you whispered in my ear, you're like, hey, you don't have to tell me right now, but are you coming back or are you staying? And that was the first, I'm telling you, like, that was the first time I had ever even like considered in my head that it was, you were the first person to like ask me the question, like people mm-hmm. had tiptoed around it, like leading up to that point, but yeah. no one like, really actually asked me if like, are you leaving or are you staying? Mm-hmm. And when I told you, you were like, I was like, I'm staying. And literally within the next 24 hours, like my phone's getting blown up. Like my dad's like, all these agents are calling, all these people are calling, like, you have yeah. to tell me like how you want to proceed with this. And I had not been expect like ready for it at all. So like you, you didn't think you didn't think it was all that realistic. No. 
it, right? it hadn't, like it hadn't felt like it was a reality to me yet. So like I had talked to my dad. I was like, look, I want to come back to school. And my dad's like, well, I'm not telling you what to do either way, but you have to at least listen to these conversations and you have to at least listen to what these people are saying. And that's why, like, I listened to it for a couple of days, like heard everything. And then I talked to Sam and I was like, yeah, I'm coming back. Like, I'm not like, I'm not leaving on maybes and this is what you could do. I'm staying, stay here and go one more time at it. We'll get back to the show in a minute. But first, let me tell you about our partners over at DraftKings Sportsbook. With March Madness beating down our door, DraftKings is the best way for you to get a little action in on the game. If you've not downloaded the DraftKings Sportsbook app yet, what are you waiting for? It's the safest, it's the most secure, it's reliable, and it allows you to safely deposit and withdraw your money at your convenience. And this week, they're offering my listeners a pretty sweet deal. If you sign up now with the promo code FIELD68, you can turn $1 into $100 if one of the main event fighters in UFC 259 this weekend lands a single punch. That's it. One punch to turn a dollar into a hundred dollars. And don't worry, if MMA isn't your thing, DraftKings Sportsbook offers odds and promos on basketball, hockey, or whatever sport you're watching. But since they're basically giving away a hundred bucks, you might as well sign up now, watch a little UFC, and remember to use that promo code FIELD68. That's FIELD68. You must be 21 years or older. The offer is available for a limited time only. Eligibility restrictions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. All right, so you guys come back, uh, and you have a hell of a year. I mean, a hell of a year, obviously. Um, it's a little bit different team, but for the most part, the core was was intact, and um, I think you're like 35-3 and three or something like that. I mean, you guys are rolling, but you're being overshadowed by another team, right? I mean, yeah. Kentucky is getting most of the headlines because they're undefeated. Now, they're, they're in the SEC. It's not as good, whatever. But again, it's Kentucky and they are undefeated. What are you guys thinking as you're as you're watching this kind of transpire during the season? I remember watching a couple of games and I was like, these guys are really good. They were like, it's like, man, these guys, these guys are freaks, you know. And I was really impressed with, you know, some guys that, you know, at, on that team were important, but they weren't, you know, the alphas. I remember watching one game. Um, you know, Frank's teammate now when, when Devin Booker went off one game, it was, it was like a Saturday afternoon game. And I was like, who is this kid coming off the bench, you know, and shooting like this. And, you know, they were nine, 10, 11 guys deep, you know, and they had those two units they could like interchange. And like you said, in the SEC, their length and their size and, and, and depth just, you know, eclipsed every other team, you know, they couldn't really, no one could really match up with that. Um, but it's one of those things that you just wanted to get them in front of you. You know, you, you got to be able to size them up, you know, and on TV, everyone looks different. You know, it, it, it was like that the moment we were, we, we finally did meet them. Then it was like, Oh, they are, you know, they're human. They're, they're younger than us, whatever. But when you're watching them, you can't help but notice the block shots and they're putting guys shots into the third row and, and dunking on, on dudes and, and yelling at the they camera. They, they were fun. Yeah. They, they got cat and Willie Colley. Like they, yes, had they were fun. Dudes. They were dynamic. They were, they were exciting. Um, and they were a good story to get behind for ESPN and CBS, you know, like an undefeated team, you know, trying to make a run at it. You know, it was, it's good stories, but um, yeah, I felt at the same time, we had a pretty good team that was 
doing some historic stuff as well. So I, I hope that didn't get forgotten, but you can't ignore undefeated. <clears throat> How much did you want him, Frank? I mean, again, they had Carl Anthony Towns and Willie Colley-Stein up front. Like Sam said, I mean, they had the Harrisons, they had Tyler Eulis, <laughs> Devin Booker. They're deep. They're talented. Like how much when you just saw the bracket come out, are you like, I want them in the national semifinal? I mean, yeah, <laughs> I don't really think there's much else to be said. I mean, there was a team. I mean, I said it after the first final four. I said, we're going to be back here. Yeah. Like it, it's it wasn't a question of if we were getting back. Like I always knew we were going to go back. And that was the team we wanted to play, whether it was I would have rather just played them in the first game of the tournament. Like, honest, to be honest with you, yeah. like, it's just – obviously it was a little bit different team than the year before um, with how they rotate guys in and out. But still, it's the same school, same coaching staff, same mm-hmm. face. And, yeah, we wanted to play them back. I, I think – I remember going – I didn't want them to lose to Notre Dame. And they almost – I was just going to say that. Yeah, they almost <laughs> I, did. I was watching that game like, please don't lose to them. Just don't <laughs> lose to them. <laughs> You really did. You wanted to play them that bad, even though they were they were undefeated. Did that give you even more juice to want to beat them? Yeah. Well, yeah, for sure. And the Notre Dame game, I remember we were like actively cheering for Kentucky because yeah. we had just beaten Arizona. I think we were, yeah we watched the end of or something. We we were watching something in um, in the locker room after the game, and I think my big thing was. I saw they had us on the same side as Kentucky in the bracket. And I was like, Ooh, like I remember a lot of people tweeting like, Oh, the national championship will be, you know, the final four matchup there, whatever. And, um, but I also kind of felt disrespected a little bit. I don't know if the rest of the team did, but when I saw the bracket come out, I was like, we're going to have to go through Oregon, North Carolina, Kentucky, Arizona, Duke, like Arizona, like there was all the blue bloods were in a row and I was like they kind of are kind of being like okay go prove yourself and that was kind of a motivating factor for me all right so you guys get to that game you get past Oregon Carolina Arizona uh you're in Lucas Oil Stadium final four you get Kentucky back I mean the first half is like right back and forth um great game I mean great great game Kind of what's what, what's going through your head as you're going into that game and then early on? I remember, I remember going into the game, and especially once once the game first started, um, I remember thinking to myself, like, they have too many guys that want to be the guy. Like, I had that thought to myself, too, and I was just about like, okay, this is, our, this is the team we're going to prove ourselves against, and this is how they're going to play. And, and we always did – our coaches always did a great job with scouting reports on telling us people's tendencies and overwatching film and all that stuff, but also at the same time, like, kind of motivating us by kind of talking a little shit about us, it felt like. And that you could tell that year it kind of, like, pushed us even further and further. And when that game started, I'm going to be honest, when Willie Cauley-Stein caught that lob on the first play of the game, I was like, uh, uh-oh. Like, it might be a little bit better than I remember, but then it kind of like the game kind of settled in. And that's when I was like, they got so many guys on this team that want to be the guy. And at the mm. end of the game, especially in the second half, we knew which guys on our team we were going to go to. And that was me and Sam. And Sam, you said, 
you said like it was you're watching him on TV all year, right? Mm-hmm. And, and and you're blown away by him, and then you see him in person. Are, are you are you blown away again, or are no. you like at that point like, hey, you know what? We got this. Well, yeah, no. I mean, also nothing in a football stadium is big when it's on a basketball court because <laughs> everyone looks tiny. Right, and right. so you're kind of out there like you're kind of on an island, you know, when you're playing in those those yep. those domes. It's like the court is on this little island and then everyone else is just like away from you. So that kind of makes you a little more comfortable. I don't know if Frank can agree with that, but it almost feels just like an intimate like bubble experience. Where you're just like, oh, it's just us and the other nine guys on the court. Um, well, you guys have gone through it. I mean, that was the, the advantage too. Not all of those Kentucky players had gone through, you know, being in that type of setting. We were super comfortable. That was another thing. Like we knew what to expect. We knew what the media days were like. We knew what the camaraderie things and the little banquets. And we went to Frank's award shows and like, we were very just like focused and like worried about us and like nothing was overwhelming. We went back to the hotel, played our video games, whatever. Everything was business as usual. We knew how to practice. We knew how to whatever. And uh, the uh, pregame warmups didn't shake our hands. Uh, the, me, the captain's circle. I think it was me, Josh, and Frank, maybe Zebo. And one of them said, like, one of Josh or Frank said, oh, we, we already won this game. Because they didn't want to shake our hands. And that was, like, little things like that piss you off. So we're just like, like that gives us a little edge right there. Like, you don't want to shake our hands, like, we'll make you want to respect us. You know, it was one of those little things. I mean, it's not a big deal, but little things like that kind of go a long way for college sports. Yeah, did you you remember that, Frank, when they wouldn't shake your hands? Yeah. Were you pissed off? I mean, did it give you anything extra, or did you, you didn't I'm, need anything I was, extra? I'm, like, I was already just, like, I'm always pissed off in general. Sam can attest to that. Yeah. Like, me anything that pisses We've me seen off. you play FIFA. We've seen yeah. you play FIFA. I know how pissed off you are. Yeah. And that that was just like a little thing. I was like, all right. You could tell, like, that's what I was saying. They just had a lot of guys who thought they were the guy. And you can see mm-hmm. how, how their team was, too. Like, that's just how they kind of conducted themselves. They all knew that we're playing basketball until we're here, and then we're done. Like, we're out of here. So, yeah. it, it, there's something different to us, I feel like, than it meant to them. There's something to be said about that, I would think. You know, the, the age is one thing. And then also, yeah, like, like Frank said, you know, Kentucky um, and Coach Cal has built an amazing program, but they are almost just a, a feeder program now, right? And so, like, a lot of these guys know, you know, you know Devin and those guys are like, and Carl Anthony, these guys are about to be lottery picks with, you know, all-star caliber, you know, careers. So maybe we were a little bit more into it, you know? Maybe there was – the biggest thing on our plate and it wasn't the biggest thing on their plate. And, you know, there's something to be said about that. So that's a good point by Frank, but in terms of talent, I honestly think, you know, we were going at matchups, you know, we had, they didn't really have matchups to go at us against us. And I felt like offensively for us, we just called whatever would get us on a mismatch, whether it was Nigel or or me or Frank or, or Bronson, like we found weaknesses and then we thought we could take advantage of it. So, so Frank's the best player in the country that year, bar none. But, Sam, you were the best player in the last two minutes. I mean, you were. Like, that, that three you hit with, like, I don't know, a minute 45, whatever it was left. Take me through that play because Cat didn't really come out on you, right? He, he kind of – I mean, and you were hot. That tournament from three, you were out of your mind. Yeah, we were – I mean, we ran a lot of – you know, especially when 
games were getting tight. We just ran a lot of flow and we just kind of, we knew teams would switch a lot against us. And so I was, I think in the right, right corner. Um, and there was some sort of DHL action where Carl had to switch on to me. Um, and, and in that situation, you know, I, I couldn't get to the rim maybe, but it'd be a tough finish. You know, I had a couple of finishes in the first half over Collie Stein that were kind of lucky and their, their length bothered not just me, but bothered everyone. So I, I, I knew, you know, you're not thinking this in depthly when you're on the court, but you're just reading and reacting. And, you know, when you have a, a seven foot guy on you, um, especially a young guy, you know, I think Carl, <laughs> that play was redone today. You know, Carl's feet are better. His athleticism, you know, he'd be able to sit down and maybe even get a hand on that shot. But um, in, in that instance, you know, him trying to backpedal and then, you know, just me putting on the brakes and hitting a step back, you know, that gave me a good eight, nine feet of separation. So, um, no, that's a big shot, gives the lead. And, um, Dude, you know, I, it, was, it, was exciting, it was an exciting shot. And that, that was one of my bigger ones in my career. And then Sam, Sam finally took that charge on the other end. That was my second of my career. <laughs> well, Frank tried to take one too, right? Didn't you try to take one on Harrison? I try to take charges all the time. Yeah. But that no, one but, was close. Like you so, thought you had that one against Harrison and they called it a block, right? So I mean, I, was it an M1? Every time I get hit and I fall backwards, I think it's a charge. So, yeah. This is well, what you do. College. So, go, like to go back, the Trey Lyles charge was set up because earlier in the, or I think with like three or four minutes left, I took him to the rim and finished over him. And that was like my first bucket in like 10 minutes. And he had said something. He was like, he, I think he was kind of mad. And he, he, next time down, he, he, he's like, he wanted to play for him because he wanted to score on me. And then I hit the three and then they posted him up on me and he was mad. I could just tell he wanted to score. He hadn't been involved much. And I, and I just could see he was angry and wanted to do something. And he hit me hard early. I could have fallen on the first one and I did flop the second one. Like I, I, I baited it, but the ref, you know, saw if you, if you get mad on offense, you're trying to throw your shoulder into someone. Coach Ryan always says, you take the first one, you fall on the second one. And, like, so that wasn't, like, me thinking of that. That was just good coaching and telling me if he's ramming his shoulder and you fall on the second one and, you know, him getting mad and not being involved paid off there and took my first charge of my life. So so what what's going through both your heads at the end? Because a year ago, again, Harrison hits his big three. Uh, he's got another shot at the end not to win it, but – um, to keep him in it, you know, Bronson mm. put you guys up, I think four, and then Harrison missed an air ball three at the end. But like, how, what are you guys thinking in those final, you know, five, 10 seconds? Is it going back to a year ago, even to some degree? And hey, th this is a team that beat us. We're getting revenge. Or is it national title game or both? Break. Um, I think it was, I mean, for me, it was definitely a celebration because, I mean, that's just how we did every game that year. Like, every game in the tournament, like, we celebrated after every win in the tournament. Like, even when we beat Coastal Carolina in the first game, like, 116, like, we were on the court, like, celebrating. So, it was like, we were a very big, like, tradition team. Like, we did everything the same way. So, yeah, it was a lot of celebrating on that one. And then, obviously, when we got back to the hotel, it kind of just lasted for a while. But then I remember in the meal room, 
after like that whole thing in the hotel lobby with all the fans and everything, that's kind of when it just flipped and was like, all right, we got another, like next one, this one's over next one. When, when did you realize what you were like, what you accomplished? Because that, that game still goes down as one of the greatest games mm-hmm. and one of the greatest feats of all time. I mean, you beat an undefeated Kentucky team that looking back yeah. has, has some pretty good players on it. You know, it didn't set in until, um, this past March when I was in Russia, uh, I was quarantined with COVID and I, they did this special on this, like they're doing the best games, March Madness type of thing. And there was no tournament and I had to do a call about it. And it was my first time. They were like having me recap almost play by play. And it was, I I never watched the game like that. And, um, and after I just kind of sat there, I was like, man, that was cool. Like, there's a lot of people that like cared deeply about this game and like, or this team, I should say. And that, you know, so it took about five years for it to like, really like be like, Oh, like we actually did something cool because I think, you know, if I could speak for Frank is like, we still are upset about losing it. We felt like we didn't do it, you know, because we weren't supposed to lose. That's how I feel. We weren't supposed to lose. Like we took some on the chin in the ear, but, I thought we were still the best team in the country. And like, that's what hurts the most about it. Like winning is awesome, but like when you're in it as a player, like you appreciate it, but it's still, it still stings, you know, and especially getting a national uh, title being, being that close two years in a row and not getting one still, you guys think about that a lot. Yes. All the time. time. All the time. Like whenever you're watching a college game, Almost not, not, not like that, not like that all the time, but like when it's brought up and it's brought up a lot. Cause like, honestly, like no matter what we do from here on out in our basketball careers, I feel like that will be like that's at the top. I mean, unless I, I win a championship here, that will be at the top. And even then it'll still be close because of like the journeys that we had like the fun that we had and everything that we did as a team and where our team came from and what the expectations were for us either individually or as, as a school, as a university, no one thought we would go to like that stage and actually be able to compete. And I think that for me, that's what hurts the hurts. The worst is like, I never expected any of that. That was, like, what I dreamed of, like, my whole life. And to get there and get so close and miss it by that, yeah. it just it, – it'll – I mean, it'll never be okay with – like, I don't think I'll ever be at peace with it. But also, I think that's – I think that shows you how much, like, we loved and cared about, like, what we were doing because yeah. it hurt so much. Like, I'm sure there have been people who have played in the national championship game or gone to a national title or, or been close that probably don't feel the same way that we do about mm-hmm. our team and our school. And, and that's what made it so special for us. Absolutely. And like, that's the thing that still like stings me is like, I played so good, you know, that second half of the season and the whole tournament. And then like, not shooting good the one game that it like really came down to it. Like, you know, I went 0 for 6 and 3. You know, I had been shooting 50, 60 percent, you know, down the stretch. And, um, you know, I get reminded almost on a daily basis from someone new on Twitter about 
how like we'd have a national championship if, if I played well, you know, and that, that's one of those things is like, I'm not worried about Joe Schmo, but I'm worried about like, you know, all of us took it really to heart. Like we, you know, there's people that are like, thank you for getting us through this like harsh winter. Like you guys gave us something fun to watch and you guys like, you know, those are the people we did it for and like for each other. And I had such good friends and still have such good friends on that team. They're like, if we played bad on a certain night, we felt like we let each other down. So like, that's why I think it hurts so bad. Cause I love those guys so much and in, in, in the school so much. And like to feel like I didn't play up to my level on like the biggest night that I could have. Um, that's why it hurts more. Just blame it on Frank. Blame it all on Frank. I'm not blaming a damn thing on Frank. That'll make you feel <laughs> No. What, Frank, what? Frank, Frank deserves no blame for anything he ever did at school because of what he helped our team do and, and led our team to do. It's and still I don't fun. Kiss, I, don't kiss his ass. I, don't, I don't kiss his ass much, but I never want people to forget what Frank was for two years. Now, the last two years, Frank was great. The first two. Nobody knew who he was, right? I was still having fun. <laughs> yes, yeah. I'm sure you were. And, and you know what? All the things you did the first two years when you had fun, you could get away with all of them. Exactly. Yeah. Nobody, nobody cared. Even Bo Ryan probably didn't care, right? What, how, how much do you think that Kentucky game, how often do people bring up that game? Uh, Frank, you know, is that something that, again, do you talk shit to Devin Booker about it? I mean, I'm, yeah, people still bring it up all the time. I mean, when I first signed here and I first got here, that was the first thing that me and him talked about was that. And I told him, and I still tell him, it's pretty crazy that you gave up four and ones in one game. <laughs> That's hard to do. But, yeah, I mean, it is what it is. Like, obviously those guys, like – Devin and all of them, like they, they, I know they cared, but I don't, I don't think they have the same feeling or connection to the school that I'm Sam and I have. So like, it's the same thing we talked about. That's why it was so special for us. And for them, it was like, they wanted to go 40, you know, but for us, yeah. we want to win a national championship for like our team, for like our school. Well, so I, I will say this guys, uh, it was memorable. I've covered a lot of games. I've covered a lot of teams. You know that. Uh, it was it was a team I'll never forget. It was a run and a stretch of two years I will never forget. I've known both of you guys for a long time. Yeah. Um, I spent time with both of you during that, if you remember, Frank yeah. and the FIFA deal. I want to bring this up, too. I used to hate you. Well, I, I love you. But also I hated you because you would come in and start the whole FIFA debate. And I was by far the best FIFA player, but you would come in and start stirring the pot the whole time. And that used to bother me more than anything, because I know when people are intentionally stirring the pot, they're doing it to get a reaction out of me. But it works every single time because I will react. That was me. That was it was easy. It and was easy to push your buttons. FIFA. Frank, I mean, Sam is much harder to get to. You, you, you know, you could try. Maybe you figured out how to get Sam. I never still to this day just, figured just, out how to get to cool. Sam. He was much more even keel. Um, but you remember, Sam, when I came out to Madison yeah. and we hung out that day, right? Mm -hmm. In between. Was that before the Final Four? Yeah, oh. that was that was before the Final Four. You came to our like apartment and you did yeah. that little tour and we did yeah. Madison. Remember you showed me how you could tie a tie with your with your. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And, with your and, fake... and Jeff, Jeff, you. 
I remember in, when I was in high school, you were one of the first uh, Sam Decker stands in the media because you were like, no one's talking about this kid from Wisconsin, but like, I like his game. And, and you kind of helped me like my, get my name out there. <laughs> so it was early. really early. It like, was, I was like, like your six- sophomore summer. Yeah. yeah. That I saw you and I said, this kid is a potential. I don't remember how I, how yeah. I phrased it, but I, yeah. I saw something in you and. Listen, yeah, Frank, no, I never no, saw because he never got off the bench in AU ball, so nobody knew who he was. 